Welcome to episode 10 of the Blockbusters podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Paul. And today's date is January the 9th, 2013. Ooh. And uh, today we will be discussing The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Oh yes, very much unexpected actually. <laughs> I, I was not expecting to hear of news of a Hobbit. <laughs> Terrible Gollum impressions to ensue. <laughs> Alright, well this film, going very briefly into it, is the first third or so of the book The Hobbit. <laughs> Which is the shortest of uh, those books. Basically, Bilbo decides to write a book for Frodo explaining how he got the ring and mm. the adventure that followed. And you get to see him meeting the dwarves, leaving his front door for what we are to assume pretty much the first time to leave the Shire, finding the ring in this one and learning a little bit more about the dwarven history as we go. Mm -hmm. right. uh, so, very quickly here, going through the cast, and we'll come back to this because we have some stuff to say about some of them. You've got Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins, a very good yes. choice, and I will represent that. <laughs> Ian McKellen as Gandalf the Grey. Of course, revisiting. Then you have the dwarves. Now, the names of the dwarves are Thorin Oakenshield, and then Balin, Dwalin, Philly, Killy, Dori, Nori, Ori, Owen, Glowin, Bifer, Bofer, and Bomba. <laughs> Sorry if I've missed any of those. Sleepy, up there. grumpy, Larry, Curly, Mo. <laughs> yeah, uh, all those all are in there. In there. And played by, in order, Richard Armitage, Ken Scott, Graham McTavish, Dino Gorman, Aidan Turner, Mark Hadlow, Jed Brophy, Adam Brown, John Callan, Peter Hambleton, lovely last name there, William Kircher, James Nesbitt, and Stephen Hunter. <laughs> Did everyone get that? Right. Yeah. Uh, did we write that all down? Okay. Yes, rewind and figure out who's who at your own pace there. Or, for the love of God, look up on IMDb, yeah. <laughs> if you're really that interested. Yeah. And, well, if we were to go to the beginning again, a very lovely cameo as well by Ian Holm and Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, Wood yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Was was not expecting that. I knew that Ian Holm was in it in some uh, capacity. Yeah, I hadn't heard he was in it, yeah. And then you got to see Elijah mm -hmm. Wood just kind of poke his head around the corner. <laughs> like, is hey, there for a little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah so, a, a nice little... It was a great way there. to tie it into Fellowship. So you, you see him on the day of his 111th birthday starting to write this book. 111 years. Yes. Which makes me actually think, how long are the days in the Shire if he has time to write this book before the party? Because you see him finish the book at the beginning of the fellowship. So I, I know it's not necessarily the longest book in the world, but he writes it. <laughs> and it, when you're writing with like a quill or whatever, yeah. it's time consuming, yeah. but... And Frodo is not the I least bit curious after that initial, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say is it's kind of sad because if you actually think about it, Frodo never gets to read the book that is no. being written for him. No. So because yeah. he dies, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Sorry. Yeah, so, sorry about ruining that. Ruining the book's only ten years old. ago. <laughs> yeah, the books are, yeah. Certainly well, he didn't technically die. Went to the Grey Havens. Which... Yes, went to the other world. <laughs> Where he can't talk to any of the other but, yeah, people yeah, ever Yeah, he'll again. never see them ever again. Yeah. No communication, okay. presumably. Yeah. Well, maybe there's some special people know. that commune <laughs> with them. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I've never visited. <laughs> All right. So, going back then, we have, as we said, Martin Freeman mm -hmm. as Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Dr. <Now>, Watson <laughs> himself. Now... Bilbo Baggins is basically sort of like your quintessential old English man in the Lord of the Rings. And so in The Hobbit, when he's a young lad-ish, 50 I believe he is, because it's 60 years before, you find someone who is your sort of quintessential English man, Millais, yeah. and Martin Freeman. Yeah, yeah, that's Martin Freeman at this point. I mean, and, yeah, and at, related to the story, the typical Hobbit. Up yeah. To, up till that time. Very yeah. comfortable just drinking his ale and putting his feet up, his yeah. big hairy feet up, and he says, enjoying the quiet life. Yeah, he says, I'm a Baggins or Bag End. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> stay here, I work. I stay here again. This is, this is how the world works. Now, I found out Peter Jackson said his one and only choice for Bilbo was... Martin Freeman and reworked the entire shooting schedule to around, get him on board because around because Sherlock of his Sherlock schedule. thing. Yeah. Well worth so, it. Well yeah. Worth it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's Martin Freeman 
if we're going for examples of him being as English as English can be in the not so popular, I believe, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film that came out in like 2005, something like that, with your idol, Zoe Deschanel, <laughs> in it as Trillian. He is Arthur Dent. He is a bumbling mm-hmm. Englishman. Yeah. And once again, he is a kind of bumbling Englishman. You know, there's some traditions that must be upheld. And so, you know, yes, yes. He has to have his handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> so, fantastic choice. And thank you, Peter Jackson, for working around yeah, that one. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, he knew what he wanted there. <laughs> yeah. And we've said it a couple of times now, Sherlock, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched Sherlock... Then you yourself you, a huge favorite. Yeah. You may as well stop listening now. <laughs> Go to Netflix, watch, watch both seasons yeah. of Sherlock. Don't worry. Yeah, as as Brian said, it's only six episodes <laughs> for two seasons. Yeah. Not this American twenty four episodes <laughs> a season. Although each episode is like uh, a ninety minute film. Yes. So, true. Yeah. Still still yeah. worth it. <laughs> uh, absolutely, yeah. And that does actually come back because someone I didn't mention. He's in it very, 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 very briefly. In this film, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, there was never a more English name than Benedict <laughs> no. Cumberbatch. Yeah, well, Peter Hamilton tried to have him beat, but no. no, no. Mr. Cumberbatch wins out. And he plays Sherlock in Sherlock, and he plays Smell the Dragon in what turns out to be the next Fantastic film. makeup job, by the oh, way. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wonder yes. how many hours he sat in the chair for that. Oh, uh, probably a lot. <laughs> Had to put on a lot of weight, I think. Yes, it's very scaly. And he also plays the necromancer, who is only in it very, 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 very briefly. Oh, you yeah. hear him kind of whispering a bit. Mm-hmm. And based on what I've heard, like both him and Smaug are in it. Well, Smaug is definitely in it a lot more in the next few films. And I think the Necromancer does come into play a few times. I haven't read past pretty much where the film ends in the book. So I can't be 100% accurate on some of the plot past this. But I'm fairly certain his character is important. Mainly because I know who his character is and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. <laughs> so yes. Moving on from that, then, you've got Ian McKellen returning as mm-hmm. Gandalf the Grey. And, yeah. yeah like, All the other returning alum, uh, you yeah, got... Um, um, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, yeah. As Elrond. You got uh, yeah, At, Kate Blanchett, yeah. Galadriel. And Christopher Lee as... Mm-hmm. You know, Saruman. Saruman. The not-yet-corrupted Saruman, which well, is... I was, well... Poss- possibly getting corrupted, I But I, I still enjoyed seeing yeah. him before, you know, when and, he was still an ally yeah. of Gandalf. Well, e- even though you can tell, as Gandalf says in the film, Saruman is the most powerful of... All the wizards at this point, I'm fairly certain that that was it was him, and I think a couple of others who are kind of on the same level. But you only ever see Saruman, no. <laughs> well, and another one. We'll get to him. Yes. <laughs> and so it's interesting to see there is a very clear ranking of if you're the more powerful wizard, you are basically the one that is listened to, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get to see that the friendships through Galadriel and Elrond actually kind of mm-hmm. trump what Sauron's yeah. trying to do. but And a little more into Gandalf and Galadriel's relationship, which yeah. isn't, you know, reading the books, but uh, isn't really touched on at all. No. Just, you know, it's obviously they're very both very old beings and known yeah. each other for a long time. As you probably would. If you're that long lived, you probably bump into each other. (laughs) So then you've got Thorin Oakenshield, played by Richard Armitage. Mm -hmm. And he is the grandson of the King of the Mountain, who was the one that was sort of kicked out by Smaug, however many years ago it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, the dwarves have been thrown out and you also see at the very beginning you get to see that the elves didn't come to the aid of the dwarves which shows you where that hostility comes from. Between Legolas and Gimli, yes. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because watching it I saw, okay, you know, they see the elves don't come to help and so they're obviously like, you know, the elves are terrible people. I was sort of siding with the elves in as much as a dragon has just kicked the entire dwarf army out of the mountain and killed numerous people. <laughs> How much chance do you think you've got on horseback? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're immortal unless we die in battle. So yeah. I think I'm going to keep on moving. Yeah. I'll be over there. <laughs> Let me know Living how it forever turns out. over here. I'll be living forever right over here. 
Now, I don't know Richard Armitage that well. Uh, I looked into him briefly. He was in Captain America. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So this is probably one of his biggest Uh, roles. um, Yeah, if you watch the Robin Hood series on BBC, he Uh, was... Oh, I can't remember who he was in that, but I know he was in that. Right. So, so yeah, this is probably his biggest role, or one of, I will say. His oh, yes. Roles he was the guy of Gisborne. Guy of Gisborne. There yes. we go. There we go. <laughs> How could you forget that? It just came to me. I don't know. <laughs> came to me through the internet. <laughs> internet? What is that? Is that your nickname for your brain? I don't yes. know. So, and he, I would say, does a fairly good job of yeah, being I mean, this. He's clearly out for revenge mm-hmm. kind of I'm not quite sure what to call I mean, he, it he, he is the Aragorn character of yeah. this film you know the the rogue kind yeah, of yeah very yeah. much and you know every single dwarf there would mm-hmm. lay down their lives yeah. for this guy like he mm-hmm. he is the heir to the throne both in and been born into it <laughs> and also mm-hmm. in deed and character yeah, and, yeah. And deserving it. So yeah, I was uh, I was very pleased with that character. As I said, I only read the book up to pretty much where the film ended, and that was I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. So I am not yeah. familiar with these characters at all. So I liked being able to watch this as mm. a one-off thing. Like I don't know anything about this world because watching Lord of the Rings, I'd read Lord mm. of the Rings, I remember most Lord of the Rings, I knew where that was going, but this was a completely fresh thing and. I liked being introduced to all of these dwarfs and seeing Mm -hmm. a fair amount of their plight and everything. And you've got almost two and three quarter hours of film. You got to see a fair (laughs) bit of backstory. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about the kind of advantage of the films coming out in the order they did. When Tolkien was writing The Hobbit, I think starting in World War One or whatever, in the trenches, I think, you know, making notes for Middle Earth or whatever. You know, he had that whole world to set up of Middle Earth. Yeah. People going to see The Hobbit are already familiar with that universe. So there, yeah. that saved Peter Jackson a lot of like 20 minutes probably in his world <laughs> or half an hour of just what is this world and who, what are elves and what are hobbits. And yeah. Even though it's lightly touched on, you know, just for some reason if you've not watched the Lord <laughs> of the Rings films, but... I thought that was one of the advantages of them coming out in the way they did. But. Yeah. Well, not not saying that you don't get the opening explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. get the whole get, backstory. Of you get it. Yeah, you get a little uh, refresher. Yeah. <laughs> now the other dwarves. Not going to go into no. too many of the people there. The only two that I had any knowledge of is the one playing Killy. Which, if you watch the film, there's two dwarves that are... They're either brothers or cousins or... Mm-hmm. You know, they're clearly very friendly, know each other. They're Killy and Philly. And Killy is played by someone called Aidan Turner, who is in a series called Being Human. Uh, the, there uh, is the, an the American English, one. Yeah, he's in the English But this was the yeah. English one. Mm-hmm. And he played the main vampire for, I think it was two and a half seasons? Something like yeah. that. Uh, might have been three, I don't know. <laughs> It's been a while since I watched it. And he was really good in that. And then watching the film, I think it was about 20 minutes after he first appeared on screen, I was really thinking, like, is that, is that, like, vampire on the, <laughs> on the show? That, and, that thing yeah. came? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, ignore us. Uh, ignore me. Yes. <laughs> Edit that out later, sir. <laughs> John Mulaney, as you absolutely <laughs> must know. Thing <laughs> came? And the other person that I wanted to touch on was the James Nesbitt. Okay. As Bofa. Bofa? Okay. Uh, James Nesbitt was in something that we both have seen and. I'm fairly certain you liked it. I don't. I did enjoy it. it. Yeah. It's, It's called Jekyll, a Netflix thing there as well. If you want to watch that. And it is a modern telling of mm. the Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, and yeah. he plays the main character and plays it very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did enjoy that. Would have it's, liked to have seen another series of that. Yeah, but it, if, it's not, I'm not going to explain it, but they do leave you hanging a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, it, it's one of those things of it would be nice to see a continuation, but they could end it where it is. Yeah. Right? Uh, Only six episodes again, (laughs) and these ones shorter than the Sherlock, Mm -hmm. so worth watching, definitely. And yeah, James Nesbitt is always good in pretty much anything that he's been in, so... 
pretty much every every and, dwarf uh, here. Who was uh, uh, Balin? Balin was Balin one. Of, was, I, I thought uh, he was Ken worth Scott. mentioning just because yeah. it's. Uh, well, yeah, he's um, one of the major. Yeah, and brought up in the rings. Film. Yeah, he is the uncle of Gimli or great uncle. Uh, I'm going to overstep my bounds and I'm not going to hazard a guess uh, okay. <laughs> because I know there's relation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm fairly certain the word cousin, uncle is in the relation. Uncle or cousin, or I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uncle cousin, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Father's brother, I don't know how nephew's relations cousin, work. former roommate. <laughs> Does that make us? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What, are, what, what, what movie are we talking about? Oh, I don't know anymore. <laughs> what did we see? The Hobbit. That's right. Yeah, so, Part one. so all of these people, they do solid performances, I would say. I mean, there are some that aren't touched on as much. and yeah. you, There are some... Here, it's pretty much the same in the book. Mm-hmm. There are some dwarves that are kind of there as filler, just because you can't go in with, say, seven dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need something that mm. appears to be a bit of a bigger yeah. group. So you get some dwarves that aren't touched on as much. Mm-hmm. You just know that they are connected to and you. They're handy as plot devices as yeah. well. You can have you know the funny one and the you know the serious one and the you know the yeah. brooding one. Yes. The, Different ways to use all yes. of those. The overweight one. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're really three feet tall, you can't be. It, you yeah. know, that's a pretty convenient excuse. But. <laughs> yeah, all of these people, I would say, the on-screen chemistry for the group is fairly solid I mean yeah it, it, I felt it not as much as I did with Fellowship yeah. but I mean maybe I was swayed by the word Fellowship well, yeah. <laughs> but well, definitely well, yeah, they worked yeah. well together well I, I would say um, probably towards the end of the mm-hmm. three Lord mm-hmm. of the Ring film you could see because they've clearly been filming for so long, that everything is really coming together for yeah. them. And you, know, you do get the somewhat sort of, who are you, who's this person, or whatever, mm-hmm. in the first film. This one, I found out every one of the main actors, I'm guessing probably not Ian McKellen, but I'm fairly certain Martin Freeman and then all of the dwarves, they were sent for a month of sword fighting, riding, oh, yeah. and boating. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw it written down that... Peter Jackson probably wanted to do it to try and get them to be able to bond before filming started yeah. so that you would get that sense of everyone as a close-knit... When it's that type of yeah. material. Yeah. And yeah, it, I would say whatever they did, it works. Yeah. <laughs> you get... And Ian McKellen just needs to point a staff. He doesn't need to... <laughs> yeah. Point a staff and make someone break dance. Or that, oh, that would be Saruman, I guess. <laughs> well, I... Unfortunately, the words you shall not pass were not uttered in this film. Ah, too bad. Maybe yeah. they'll bring something. I'm not expecting you shall not pass, yeah. but I'm expecting something <laughs> in one of the next two films. Yeah. Maybe a prelude to you shall not yeah. pass. I or won't least... let you carry on or something. Where they escape a danger and at least it wasn't a Balrog. Yeah. <laughs> of Morgoth. Yeah. Is that the most terrifying thing ever? Well, that's... One more. <laughs> that giant fire beast? Yeah, that thing. Yeah. With wings that may or may not be made up of the fire and smoke. Species. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Well, we read the Lord of the Rings book it appears in. Tolkien mm. himself doesn't know oh, yeah. if it's made of smoke or not. <laughs> One passage, it's leathery wings that unfold. The next passage, it's wings made of fire and smoke. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it has two sets of wings. I don't know. I, yeah, possibly. They, did, they didn't really touch on it that much in the film. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll let it go. Okay. <laughs> there, these characters are all pretty much brought together in the first, what, 20 minutes? I'm going to say, say the first 20 minutes job of, of, of narrative. Of narrative, yeah. Not the <laughs> yeah. prologue and not the setting up for Bilbo's party and yeah. all that stuff. And, From yeah. when Gandalf turns up and meets Bilbo outsiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Convince you know to for him to go on this journey. So and yeah, I mean, these scenes where Bilbo first meets mm-hmm. all the dwarves. Oh, in Bad and, End, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you see, he's so put out by all of the people turning <laughs> up. He's like, no, please leave. They said there'd now. be food. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you get to see how it's basically hobbits are English people, <laughs> like that type of thing, where they are all inside, and he's giving this speech of, now I have to say, you know, I've always been told to be nice to everyone, but everyone just needs to leave right now. <laughs> That's it. I've said it. I've had my say, and no one's been listening to him. <laughs> and they say, did you say something? No. Just no. <laughs> resigns. Yeah. And Gandalf mentions that you know, he knew him when he was 
younger i'm guessing mm. yeah the, the merry and pippin he mm-hmm. would basically them i yeah. gathered when he was younger and gandalf is kind of surprised to see bilbo worried about his mother's china oh, and yeah. <laughs> not wanting to leave anywhere and he he says he gives the line you know i'm a back in a bag end this is where i belong so it's clear that every hobbit is just born with this you sort of grow in the same area. You just make a home for yourself, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's, that's where you go. Yep. Don't concern yourself with yeah. things that <laughs> <laughs> things know, going on out there. Yeah. yeah not there's from even me. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you see the dwarves sing a song, which I I think is also in the book, and it's a, mm. it's a lovely little moment yeah. where you you get to see all of these people who have been laughing and joking, and mm. this is I think the night before they leave to go on their task, and they sort of sobers down oh it's more that yeah the chant almost yeah Yeah. that i thought was a really nice scene i wasn't expecting Mm -hmm. it yeah it it was shown in the trailers quite heavily a little bit of it yeah i was shown in there so i knew it yeah yeah, one thing about trailers i will say for modern films is stop putting things that are near the end of the film (laughs) in the fucking trailers yeah number one i will say the biggest one of recent years was the avengers film there is a shot in the trailer which is pretty much in the last five minutes of the film. Right. And when I went in, it got to towards the end, and I realized I know what's about to happen here. I know exactly. Like, it, it, was, it, was a it po- wasn't Hulk and Loki, was it? No. no it okay, I would have been horrified no, if they gave that away. No, it was. It's a bit where. Actually, I can't remember. Have you seen it at this point? <laughs> I've seen it, yes, quite a few times. Okay, at this point. good. Yeah. Just wanted to yeah. <laughs> check that. There was a time. I know about the Hulk and Loki yeah, part. Yeah. There was yeah. a time where you hadn't seen it. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Not to dredge that. <laughs> Pre podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Iron Man goes up and sends oh, a new yeah, dog yeah. and then falls down. And, like, the film is building it up so that, mm. like, you know, he's just going to slam yeah, into the ground. Yeah. And then Hulk comes out of nowhere. And mm. saves him. Of course, this is in every trailer for the film. See? Like, just, shoom, catch! I can, <laughs> I can be pretty good at forgetting those things, though. Yeah. I wish I had that. Yeah. I, I wish I could see a trailer mm-hmm. and then go into the film and not remember yeah. bits from the trailer. Let's see, yeah, Dark Knight Rises I purposely avoided. Yeah. Because I heard from, like, that they showed too much. Like, they show the stadium <laughs> exploding and they show, you know, just big moments in the movie. Just, yeah. You know. Well, and, so. and the trailer for this one, I thought, yeah, I, I don't remember the dwarves mm-hmm. singing from that mm-hmm. one. So maybe I saw a different trailer there, for it. I think I, I think only saw. Three. I think yeah. I only saw the first one that came out. There was out. a teaser, and then I think they had two. And then, annoyingly, this is skipping ahead quite mm-hmm. a lot. They gave away what could possibly have been the biggest laugh in the entire film, which was. Which, the the goblin flat like oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. Just, oh well that could be worse slap like yeah the, the slapstick <laughs> sort of like yeah mm. oh at least it's not raining starts raining yeah, yeah yeah and it got to the point where the second that they were sort of going down into the crevices like okay here it comes. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah, I, even, I wasn't even thinking about it. So. If I had seen it, I forgot it. Okay, it's one of those things that I am unfortunately fairly good at remembering little details and stuff like that. Yeah. So that one again. If anyone associated with making the trailer for the following two Hobbit films is listening, <laughs> please try not to put your biggest laughs or <laughs> or some of the big ish twist or yeah. whatever. Just try and keep. Keep as much of that out. Take a page out of the Man of Steel trailers because they're showing more with less. Yeah. If you watch those, it gets me so excited by how little I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're clearly only seeing stuff from the first half hour. It's like the first reel. Or, yeah, it's like the first reel, maybe second reel of that movie. But that's a discussion for another day, hopefully. Right. So the dwarves leave and they leave without Bilbo. Who then does decide, like, yeah, okay, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I can't not do this. And you see the thing in the trailer, like, where are you going, Mr. Bilbo? I'm going on an adventure. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, slightly over the top. Line, a little maybe, bit, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little, that, little, little like your grandfather or something saying, oh, yeah. I'm going to stay up till 10 o'clock <laughs> tonight. Ooh, yeah. 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 I'm willing to forgive it a little bit for some of those, mainly because The Hobbit was actually a children's book 
anyway. Yeah. So this is maybe not necessarily mm. aimed at mm. all of the older people in the audience. There's yeah. going to be some there for yeah. young kids. So, and something like that will get mm. the kids kind of like, yay, I'm yeah, going to go on an adventure too. going to bring that up in my rating too. But yeah, there I know I keep bringing up rings and comparing. <laughs> and it's to an extent an unfair comparison because they are different stories. Yeah. And the stakes are much higher in Lord of the Rings. It's the end of the world essentially (laughs) as we know it yeah as the hobbits know it and as every other peaceful race knows it but yeah and this it's about trying to regain a kingdom you know for a home for the dwarves which which, it's still a noble cause yeah and so you know 100% noble cause and you see Bilbo says later in the film like I have a home yeah you don't yeah (laughs) but you deserve one this Mm is one of the main reasons that he finally decided like I'm going on this quest you had one and it was taken yeah from you yeah I'm sure there'll probably be a line again probably in the next film or something where he'll say someone else will probably ask him why are you doing this and he'll say you know if someone took back in from me I'd -hmm. I'd want it back I'm sure that'll be in there somewhere (laughs) something along those lines Yeah. yeah And you get the the joke that we laughed about earlier. He finally gets out, he's on horseback, and it's like, wait, wait, I have to go back. Don't have a handkerchief. I must have left it on the, on the side. And just gets handed the brown handkerchief of indeterminate age and usage. Yeah. So you get a lot of the little scenes of, you know, most of the dwarves don't really see Bilbo as much of an adventurer. He's just kind no, of there. Kind of a burden. Yeah. yeah. And... <clears throat> One of the things that this film did well, and it's probably probably is setting up some mm. sort of the things in the next films. Sorry, we keep bringing out the next film, but it is a story in three parts. <laughs> it here. is an arc, yeah. <laughs> Where you get to see all of the dwarves come round to Bilbo mm. and seeing like there's some there's something about the guy kind of a little bit like Frodo. You know, he kind of rallies everyone to the cause. Or obviously, they don't need rallying to the cause, but they rally round him. They start to understand he's maybe the heart of the journey, which I'm sure is what the character is in the book. He's the heart of this particular fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And even Gandalf says later when he's talking to Galadriel, why why the Hobbit? Mm. Because I'm afraid and he gives me strength. <laughs> Gandalf <laughs> just secretly hates Bagginses and uh, <laughs> been trying to get them killed and they keep surviving. Yeah, at, <laughs> at the end of everyone, they go back to the Hobbit and it's like, crap. He's the Terminator <laughs> trying to kill Saragano. Well, I guess I'll just kill the boy. <laughs> yeah. no. But he can't be seen to be directly involved. <laughs> no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> It's got to be behind the scenes. Uh. You heard it here first. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an interesting take? <laughs> All of this is actually just Gandalf trying to kill everyone and everything that's mm-hmm. happening around them. Yeah, <laughs> just... and they keep pulling it out of their ass and surviving. Yeah. Probably an, an ancient feud when a baggage <laughs> stole one of his loaves of bread or something. Yeah. And I, I would say, going through it, you get to see some being New Zealand, everything, fantastic scenery. Oh, <laughs> are we going to go into the helicopter shots? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said shots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get, of course, you know, same as Lord of the Rings, maybe even more so in this more one. More so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty of panoramic views <laughs> from a helicopter. Uh, uh, yeah, musical score heightening. Yeah. And... I did think that they could, obviously you have the Lord of the Rings theme of, mm-hmm. you know, da-da-da, and they they did all right at changing it a little bit Mm -hmm. so it's not the same music it's there definitely there but you get that it's a different film it's not quite the same and all of these shots are beautiful and couple too many maybe that being said (laughs) at almost three hours long if you find yourself having to use the facilities that would be a good time yeah (laughs) It's something you can catch up on on uh, Blu-ray or, yeah. uh, or DVD or yeah. VOD, whatever. Yeah, definitely one of those things of, in the editing room, you, you know there was probably someone saying, like, do we really need this one? Is yeah, this one 100% went, Peter necessary? Jackson was fighting for more running. He's like, no, I must have five more <laughs> minutes of running. <laughs> Which, now that you've said it, yes, this is Middle Earth. With about fifty percent more running, <laughs> you have you have the original now, Lord of the Rings, which are as uh, Kevin Smith likes to say, three films about walking. Even the trees walked in, in hey, those ones. I love Kevin Smith, but to hell with his opinion. No, on no, I, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that his opinion is necessarily no, no. right. It just happens to be on the mark with the walking <laughs> in those ones. And this one, it's very much fast-paced. Shockingly, for a film that's one story spread over three films. <laughs> yeah. But, but mm-hmm. still, it's very fast-paced. Everyone is running, which, if you think about it, they're racing to get to their mountain. You know, they want to go and kill the dragon, and then they find out that they have to get there on a very specific day of the yeah. year so that they can see the door mm-hmm. to get in. And once again, when you're three and a half feet tall, you're you know your span yeah. isn't so far, so you probably need to run. Yeah, and, uh, well, I love seeing I love seeing all of that. Like they're all running, and then Gandalf is running. It's like, why are you running? You could walk. Walk and still keep up, up with, with them. Yeah, yeah. Do you just run, sit down, light a pipe, and wait? Wait. He just smokes his weed, and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I've some beautiful panoramic shots of running. And then you get the sort of main bad guy of this film, because I know the necromancer will become probably a behind-the-scenes bad guy, and then Smaug mm-hmm. is going to be the main villain of the piece, as it were, because obviously he's the one that took the home away. So he's that's the just, dickhead that, dragon. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is the final boss, as it were. Uh-huh. But then you've got this white orc who Thorin is sure is dead because he fought him on the battlefield because the white orc killed his father. I'm fairly certain the white orc killed his father. And so he then beat him down, as it were, chopped off an arm or chopped off part of his arm. And then he was kind of dragged back into wherever it was he came from. So he just assumes that the white orc died of his injuries. You find out the white orc didn't (laughs) die of his injuries. Sort of turned into Merle from The Walking Dead. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of Captain Basically Hook. a spike just shoved into his stump. Uh-huh. And so he becomes this sort of main antagonist of this particular film, constantly going after Thorin. He just wants to kill Thorin. That is his motivation mm-hmm. for yes. being the bad guy. <laughs> You're constantly sending orcs after them, and then the orcs are killed, so he just sends more orcs after them. Basic general strategy <laughs> there. And I will say, spoilers, obviously, for this film, I was expecting him to be the sort of villain of the film, and then, yeah. like, gone after that. I was mm. expecting the end of the film to be them overcoming him, and then you find out someone else is maybe running it or someone else is there. And then, you know, end credits, whatever. Yeah. I liked, I'm sure it's in the books and everything, but I liked that they didn't do that. And that the story is that he just kind of, they get away from him rather mm-hmm. than defeating him. So I get the feeling he's probably going to be one of those constantly after them. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a thorn, yeah, yeah. in thorns. But the scene at the end where he is trying to kill Thorin, like they're stuck in trees and then there's fire and everything. Thorin goes after him and gets knocked down. Like not something that was supposed to happen. He gets knocked down. And that's when Bilbo, I think, you know, you see flashes of it in the film beforehand, but that is when Bilbo finally decides, I'm going, I'm fighting. With the the newly acquired sting, I might add. Which is awesome <laughs> to see Bilbo using Sting. Yeah, I like seeing because they, they find a cache yeah. of weapon basically, mm-hmm. and then he gets handed the sword that Frodo gets. Yeah, obviously, apparently, all swords of elvish origin glow blue. <laughs> goblins Orcs walks there, around, yeah. just but I don't think Gandalf does. I don't know. <laughs> he just knows. Yeah. 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 Maybe he just didn't use the sword. He just used something else instead. But yeah, so it's good to see Mm -hmm. those things that you know from Lord of the Rings being introduced. Yeah. And I'm sure people who have read the books are just sort of screaming at me like, (laughs) (laughs) But as I said at the beginning, have not read the book all the way through. Do not remember anything from what I saw. 1998, first and only time I read the book. Yeah, yeah. so... 14 years ago. I am watching this film just enjoying seeing a prequel to the books and the films that I know. Mm, Yeah. So that's sort of where I'm coming from Mm. for this one. And one thing I definitely wanted to mention was when they are in the Hall of the Goblin King... Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's not the Hall of Goblin King, but I just wanted to say that because, you know, Hall of the Mountain King. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh-huh. I am that pitiful, really. <laughs> I was letting it go, but no, hey, throw, oh, yourself, you throw, it throw go, yourself right. under the bus. Yeah. All right. 
so when they are on the run, basically, you know, a bunch of them get captured except for Bilbo, and you know, he sort of goes off on himself. We'll probably come back to, to that in a second. So all of them get captured, and then Gandalf turns up to save them, kind of. He flashes the goblins. You know, it's uh, Don't worry, you know, family-friendly film. He doesn't flash them that way. Although I'm sure it would have the same reaction. And so they, they all get going, so then it's... Fight run, fight run, fight run, fight run. <laughs> and throughout the whole thing, I thought, very fluid way of doing it. Like, you could, you saw pretty much the path they were taking. It didn't feel too choppy. Like, yeah. as you would sometimes, where we'd be like, run, hi run. <laughs> like, yeah, this. There was uh, something I saw on Twitter. I forget the comedian who said it. It kind of made me laugh. He said he had a feeling that every five pages of the script must have read, and then Gandalf saves them. <laughs> I was like, you know, that sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah, they're all being caught by the uh, the mountain trolls. And then Gandalf saves them. them. <laughs> and then they're being chased by old And then Gandalf points out our crack. <laughs> and then they're stuck in the mountain. He's always showing up at the right time, let me tell you. Yeah. He knows the right yeah. one to get there. <laughs> but I thought that was yeah. pretty humorous. Ah, so, oh, so that's where he, mm. he learned it then for the first three films. Then, okay. <laughs> Save yeah, so, their ass at Helm's Deep? Come yeah. on. So all of that sort of... Right, it was very fluid, as I said, mm. and also did something which I, I was surprised they were able to pull it off, and it's something that, unfortunately, a lot of films aren't able to do. That scene where they're running, fighting, running, fighting, running, running did not get boring. No. At least for me. Yeah. They had enough of the... They were slashing and mm-hmm. running and stuff, but they were doing enough different things. They were fighting in different ways. That maybe it, there was enough dwarves for them to have different styles to focus on. But I mean, that running scene, fighting the old—that's a good five minutes, I think. In, in at length. least, yeah. And you're not sitting there at the three minute mark going, mm. and are they out there yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a good series of running and fighting, and I think some people probably need to take a cue from that and, like, okay, so if we have a fighting scene, let's see how many different styles we can get away with rather than punch, 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 punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, yeah, definitely kept my interest, which, I mean, the film as, as a whole, which is something I yeah. was actually concerned with going in because of how long it is uh, because of knowing it's just part of the story and the hobbit just being a smaller story on its own and i was like how am i gonna this gonna be three hours and it's not even gonna be over and like there's gonna be a lot of times i'm bored but there weren't there's only a couple times where i was like okay maybe we can move it a little someone actually worked it out at least from their copy of the book, there were more minutes in this film yeah. than there were pages of story in The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's impressive that they were able to get that little of the story done and yet mm-hmm. have this much, I would say, maybe 90, 95% solid material yeah. on the screen. And I, can, I can only imagine what he's going to throw in in his extended <laughs> cuts, which he does. Yeah. Which I imagine he will do for this when oh, the time yeah. comes. Yeah, this one will probably be... I, I'm going to say it'll three, be three and, and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, three and a half hours. He tends to throw in at least half hour to 40 minutes in those rings. Films. Yeah. Maybe there won't be as much because <laughs> it is stretched out. But yeah. you never know. You will always uh, surprise yeah, I expect you. at least 20 minutes to be added. <laughs> About 16 of those running. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, just sort of shopping here and there in the film. You've got one point where... There's some rock giants. I'm I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, maybe that those particular beings have more significance in the. Oh rock. yeah, the mountain. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're climbing alive, a mountain, yes. and it turns out that the mountain is actually sort of a rock god yeah. type thing, <laughs> fighting with another rock god. Not that kind of rock god. Not <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, not Gene Simmons and not the Osborne. <laughs> but yeah, so those two fighting, and it's it's a fantastic looking scene. I mean, the, I, yeah, the whole film is. Yeah. Looking. Now, I only saw the 2D. As did I. Okay. You know, yeah, if yeah. I had a choice in the matter, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be doing. I hope that somewhere down the line I can go to a cinema and watch it in 48 frames. Yeah, if anyone has seen that, please let us know your thoughts. Yeah. I've heard from a couple of sources that. It almost looks like you are like rather than watching the polished film, you, it looks like you're watching the play version. Like you know, that's 
right. people it's in the costume. Surreal, yeah. yeah. Like you can see it's a costume, and you can, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'd love, I kind of love to see that see it, to see yeah. to see what that would end up being like. Mm-hmm. Preferably not in three D, but but well, I think yeah, I think the combination of those two might make me sick. Like I, I would <laughs> seriously like might feel nauseous yeah. like watching all that. I mean, I, I'd be up for watching it in three D, but given that. The prices are hiked up for 3D. Maybe just mm. maybe just the 48 frames. It's a, yeah, it's not a story that needs to be in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, we're not going down that road. Well okay. traveled, <laughs> well traveled road. So yeah, a, a lot of the little scenes, like you know, I mean, yeah, that's what, another five minute thing. But a lot of the little things here and there are quite good. I thought the weakest part of the film was probably the mountain trolls scene. Oh. Like they, they had ju- they had to pay them. off that story from Fellowship, though, you know, because. True. Everyone's expecting that because he's, you know, tell, out on his birthday party telling the young children, you know, and they all turned to stone. You know, yeah. That, yeah. You know, which one of us they were going to eat first and all that. So it was nice to see that play off. The scene well, probably yeah. could have been shorter. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it was a bad scene, mm-hmm. but I thought that the character of the trolls was kind of meh. It, it, was, it was like a kind of cheap Mel Brooks world for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, with those characters, you know, I could see they were real, you know, yeah, kind of I, playing off each other in this comedic yeah. way that yeah. well, didn't always work, and but. almost sort of going for the like sort of hillbilly times, uh-huh. sort of like, yeah. oh yeah, good with a lovely bit of butter or mixture. Yeah, it's like really, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't just have them be like maybe just a little bit more stupid, but a bit more menacing. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't one of them have a cook's apron on or a makeshift <laughs> cook? <laughs> Did, did it say kiss the cook? <laughs> I don't know. But, Probably did in that and, and the, the other point is you don't really need to build a whole lot of tension in that scene because everyone knows the outcome. You know, yeah, you know for a he's going to live. You know for a it. fact that Bilbo's yeah. going to live. Yeah. You know that Thorin's going to live. Yeah. You're pretty certain that most of the other dwarves are going to live. Um, yeah, because, unless you're completely new to the Middle-earth yeah. world and this is the first film you're watching. And, then it, and even you then, may, you might only you think know. maybe one of them will die at yeah. this point. Yeah. But, you know, they need did something for Gandalf to come and save them, I suppose. Exactly, Gandalf King, and then Gandalf yeah. comes and saves them. And, of course, the other thing being that Bilbo is using his head to get himself that out was, of the That was the main point, yeah, is that and, he, yeah, he has something to bring to the group. Not maybe brawn, yeah. but, you know. There is a point to the scene, yeah. just you know, maybe could have done a little bit, I would say a little bit less with the trolls. Not not have them yeah. as talky <laughs> and everything. Obviously, mm. the point is he's sort of outwitting them, but... <laughs> You know, it could, could have just gone with sort of more dumb sort of like, just cook a meat marrow. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's I much prefer I mean. the cave troll from Fellowship. Oh, you know, like, <laughs> when Boromir says, you yeah. have a cave troll. <laughs> you know, that, that's, I like that cave troll. Didn't talk, just smashed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the only other real thing that we need to touch on then is when Bilbo gets the ring from. Gordon oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Played my, by <laughs> my favorite scene in the film by Play, far. Played by the one for Andy Circus again. Yes. Andy Circus is basically just becoming your mo caption guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say get him for any of your video games. Get him yeah. for yeah, pretty much anything. Uh, I was going to say, I think the only thing I've ever seen Andy Circus in, like the only film I've ever. Seen actually seen Andy Serkis mm-hmm. in is The Prestige right. where he is Tesla's assistant well, or whatever it King is of, or King Kong too oh yeah, the, the, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been so long since I watched and that thank film. god he gets eaten by a bug or whatever <laughs> it was in that 40 minute bug fight Sequence, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> neither here nor there. But I would imagine you might agree. But I think Gollum looks even better than he did in Return of the King. Yeah, um, they, they I, definitely. Come I, with it's that. incredible, I, and I mean he needs to because that scene is long, and you have to believe <laughs> that's a real character. Yeah. Even though I know my eyes are looking at CGI. Yeah, he stands in that scene with Martin Freeman. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's like you're watching two actors. Yeah, I would say, especially the bits where he's clearly fighting with himself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, you it, see the struggle of yeah. the personalities. And so in the the facials stuff, you you get all that. Mm-hmm. They come up really well, and the way that he's interacting with the the scenery and stuff, because you know all of those rocks around there are there. And all, like all the little touches they have mm-hmm. him doing, so it it's fantastic what they're now able to do yeah. with those characters. And, and I mean, it's a funny scene. I think that's most of the humor for me from the movie yeah. came from that scene, and I just love because that was also my favorite chapter in the book was Riddles in the Dark. I scene. will say 
the only issue I had with it, maybe it was the cinema I saw it in, maybe it was the fact that me and my wife sat directly in front of two people that were laughing at and commenting on pretty much everything in the entire film, but... I could barely understand half of what Gollum was saying, which I got the gist of most of it, mm-hmm. but it really pissed me off because I didn't hear <laughs> any of his answers to the riddles and I didn't hear any of his riddles. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so yeah. I, I heard Bilbo's answers to the mm-hmm. riddles. But I didn't, so I didn't reverse engineer uh, yeah. the riddle. <laughs> and the one that I still don't know is when Bilbo says something about there's a box with no lid or hinges and there's fire inside or there's gold inside or mm. something and you know, Gollum sort of frets about it and then has has the answer. It's like, <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> Anyone catch uh, that? Oh, uh, yeah, you're... Oh, it's a little not, or not yeah. fresh enough in my mind to know what you're... I mean, I'm, I'm sure I could just go to the book yeah. and read the results, but... And I did want to bring up, uh, important to remember, as much as Bilbo is our hero, he is a dirty, rotten thief. <laughs> he stole that ring yeah. that did not belong to him. <laughs> it was Gollum's ring. Yeah. He came by it, and he stole it. Yeah, he stole he, it. Put it in his pocket. It. Yeah. And you know, just because it was useful, keeps it. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is useful to me. Thief. Mine now. So yeah, he calls him a... Liar and a thief, uh, yeah. yeah, go Gollum, you're right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, which, uh, which kind of actually plays into the first half of the film is set up with all of the dwarves calling him a thief mm-hmm. and Gandalf having introduced well, him as a thief. that's supposed to be role, yeah, his yeah. role in the party. Yeah. yeah, and he has to keep saying, like, you I've know, never I'm not a thief. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Never stolen anything, <laughs> and then 45 minutes later, <laughs> here he is. Ooh, he just never found anything shiny, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ring, I like Ooh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Little thief, <laughs> but yeah, great scene. Yeah, look, I mean, Be- it just looks beautiful with the shadows. And yeah, the, and just really, rain along the wall. Yeah, really yeah. well done. And I, I forgot. I'm glad I did. I forgot that it was a scene with Gollum basically fighting with him over the right to eat him. Yeah. I, I thought. I yeah, thought I mean, there was on, real danger there yeah. for Bilbo. <laughs> I thought based on the trailer. Because I, I didn't, it didn't click for me that when he said he, he meant himself. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought he was, ba- yeah. I thought he was basically saying mm-hmm. like, I'll either lead you out of here or I'll leave you and let mm-hmm. this other creature eat you. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, so, yes, yes, he gets to eat it It was kind of a tricky. Re- I mean, what's in my pocket? Not really, really. Yeah. But you know. But yeah, under under the give, riddle rules, yeah. I guess I don't know. And Gollum accepted it as yeah. a question. And give me time, give me time. Yeah. <laughs> just a minute. Yeah, you're <laughs> well, that, that's the other thing about that as well. How does he prove what he does have in his pocket? Like, does he have to prove what he has in his pocket at the end? Just, nope, nope, nope. Nope, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Nope, let me out of here. It was chewing gum. <laughs> the answer was chewing gum. The answer was a Nokia 3210. <laughs> T-berry chewing gum. Uh, I think I, uh, I, think I covered well, I most cover. of it. Yeah. Uh, the only other character that we haven't mentioned at all would be Radagast the Brown. Radagast, yeah. Almost most your sort of comic relief for the film. Kind of your hippie, hippie wizard <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did feel bad for the little hedgehog. Oh, yeah. Until he comes back, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but still, it was a genuine little... You could tell that these animals are his only friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was cool seeing another wizard. Like, completely yeah. different from Gandalf and Saruman. Yeah. Yes, very yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> but still of the same order, you know, of the order. And then, of course, you've got something which I don't believe is in the books. The rabbit sled. <laughs> <laughs> the Chris Kringle-esque kind of sled he had, but piloted by rabbit. Which, yeah. I can only assume they're all his friends, so they all willingly just pull him on a sled. I don't oh, know. May- maybe it's one of those, oh, he does so much for the forest, this is us giving back. <laughs> oh, yes. He is an interesting character. Apparently, based on what I've heard, he's not really featured in the books. He's more in the appendices as yeah. like going further into the world, listings. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's sort of where they dragged him from. And I've heard some people say, like, oh, they could have cut him from the film, but really there were a couple of things which he does for the other characters which kind of meant, oh, no, you kind of got to keep him in, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. Maybe the whole sort of uh, people coming into the woods, the dark is coming, like that. They could have trimmed a few things in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, this, not everyone is willing to look at the runtime of two hours and 45 minutes and go, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. Maybe if you're familiar with how the Lord of the Rings ended out, and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. Oh yeah, so, some of these plots may be, may be going a bit too far, especially, as we say, yeah. three films for one story, it's stretching it so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the tendency now, though, because, I mean, they did it with Twilight, and yeah. I think they stretched that one into, <laughs> and now, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, well, go, go as long ahead. as they're good films, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, Going go the literary route, they really split the wrong book in half of the Harry Potter films. Oh, yeah, and Harry <laughs> Potter was another one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they should have split the fifth one in half, <laughs> given how much was in that. Yeah. But anyway, so, I think as a general discussion on the film, I think that's pretty much everything we need to yeah. cover. That's, uh, yeah, all one to cover, I think. Yeah, that, yeah just a very basic summary there. It's a solid performance from pretty much everyone in it. I don't mm. think there's too many dud notes. Not No, yeah, very, very uh, few. Yeah, and fantastic scenery. Thank you, New Zealand. <laughs> Once again, yes. But yeah, not much done in CG there, with the exception of I think the Goblin Hall <laughs> escape from. Probably not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. But pretty much everything there. else is fairly good. Mm-hmm. Fairly good of New Zealand. Oh yeah, that. those running shots are beautiful. Don't get oh, me wrong. <laughs> beautiful, if unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's yeah. their version of the Indiana Jones plane moving on the map. It's, yeah. You know, essentially. <laughs> it's one yeah. way to think of it. Yeah, you need something. <laughs> the plane with the yeah. red dots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little feet yeah. walking on the Middle Earth map, not necessarily as interesting. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the only other thing I can say about the film, then, would be the budget and the box office, which I neglected mm. to say at the beginning. The budget is anywhere between 200 and 315 million dollars. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> no, no one as far as I could tell has a definite this is the oh, number yeah. so it's in there. It's a bit like the Avatar of how much was actually spent on the thing. Mm-hmm. And the box office as of January 6th Worldwide, $829,521,000. Okay. So they're, okay, they're in the plus. Yeah. They, they have, depending on where the budget actually does fall, they have either made back their budget in America alone, or just about made back yeah. their budget in America alone. Mm. So not, And we'll do a ton more on yeah. DVDs and Not demand. doing badly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's going to be a huge rental. Yeah. Yeah. I think as of right now, it's the 34th highest grossing film of all time. And there have been a lot of films. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of films. A lot of films to fill that. Yeah. So Um, would you like to rate first or? Sure, I'll go first. And my rating, I I decided to forego my usual sort of, well, there's my personal rating. And then there's Let's just cut through it. (laughs) This one, I'm just going to go with opinion one because... That's what everyone's going with. There's too many out there of how this is a film as a body of work or as an opinion piece, so I'm mm. just going to give my personal feelings on it. Which? Given that there's, I mean, there's a couple of characters that maybe they had too much screen time, there's a couple of characters that I would have liked to see more backstory of, but I can't hold that against them until I've seen the second film because mm. you know, there's still time to go yeah. into some of them. Yeah, maybe too many dwarfs spoiled. <laughs> Plot, I don't know. But given that that is my pretty much only gripe with this film, I'm gonna go with a minus one point five because I enjoyed the experience of this film. I actually enjoyed this film more than I enjoyed the Lord of the Rings. Not to say I didn't enjoy Lord of the Rings, a solid film, but I enjoyed sitting down watching this film more because I thought it had a solid mix of the action, the comedy, some of the, the thriller dramas, whatever you want yeah. to call that bit. I I thought it mixed it better than Lord of the Rings, even though Lord of the Rings, as of this point, was a sort of more of a serious yeah. war film, mm-hmm. as it were. But, you know, and maybe that skewed it for me. Yeah. But, yeah, about about a minus 1.5. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, for me, kind of similar, but kind of not. I did not enjoy it as much as the Lord of the Rings films. Right. I fair enough. thought, I mean, the time still went by relatively quickly for a nearly three-hour film, I felt. Yeah. Um, like I, Definitely. you know, wasn't checking my phone for time or what, you know, <laughs> or anything. It was, 
It dragged in a couple parts. I mean, it you're going to have those yeah. parts that not everyone <laughs> is into, or those scenes that not everyone's on board for yeah. in a three-hour film. But I felt most of it flowed very well and uh, very looked so. amazing. <laughs> absolutely looked beautiful, and it fits very much in that set of movies. Like I, yeah. I was worried, like that when you know, years before this film was made, when they were still trying to get it and all that. I, like I was really worried about Peter Jackson not directing it because it would have a different look and a different feel. Yeah. Even if he was attached as producing, you know, it would still not feel right. Yeah. And it just felt like Middle Earth. It felt like the Middle Earth we'd been shown. And so I was very happy with that. And like I said, I still was more excited by the Lord of the Rings films. I still like that journey better Yeah. for me. And that being said, though, <laughs> a little curveball here, I'm going to rate it a minus one. Wow. Minus one. Yeah. Yeah, give it a nice one. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting... But just for a little insight, like I would rate those Rings films anywhere from a minus point three to minus, like, Point eight somewhere in there, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, but no, uh, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> so minus one for me. All right, I yeah. I was expecting one point five or two. Really, I I didn't. Yeah, I w- wish I had had gone back to see it. Yeah, I might when it gets to like a dollar theater or something. Uh, yeah, a cheaper theater. Uh, go check it out again. Well, I may or may not join you, but there. it's definitely a purchase for me. I will be buying this, <laughs> and then I'll be buying it again when it's the three pack. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll be buying it again when it's the six pack <laughs> of all. <laughs> films or whatever well, probably well, in that case i'll tell you what i will i will borrow your single purchases okay. i will then buy the trilogy yeah. you can borrow that and then like you can my, buy the six of them like all of my individual not extended edition lord of the rings which i will never view again they're just yeah. taking a spot in a dvd rack but i will not i refuse to sell them yeah <laughs> yeah because why but, uh, would you i, mean, I don't know. know all right the only reason most of mine went in england was i'm not in england anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, at this time, I, we would like to introduce or try out a new segment for the show, tentatively being called the Netflix Sleeper of the Week. Either I will have one, or Paul, or we both will. Depending on uh, if we've necessarily yeah. seen something we wish to bring. See to something. Your maybe it's something obvious. Maybe it's something that is very old. Whatever. But it's something that we think bears mentioning that you should know about if you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So very much uh, my first. Sleeper of the Week is, funnily enough, called Sleepwalk With Me. It's comedian Mike Birbiglia, who, if you're into stand-up at all, I'm sure you probably know the guy. He's absolutely hilarious in my mind. <laughs> but it's a semi-autobiographical story of him discovering and learning about this very dangerous sleep disorder he has, <laughs> uh, causing him to sleepwalk, and amidst this long-term relationship where he's being pressured into marriage. And it's very closely ties into what happened in his own life. He wrote it, He it's his directorial debut, and he stars in it as a stand-up comedian in the film, you know, it's and uh, a lot of great stand-ups are in the film, a lot of great cameos. Right. And uh, you have Carol Kane again, you know, Princess Bride, and yeah. she was just in one of the movies we were, I don't know, just talking <laughs> about, but yeah. So, a uh, great cast, and co-produced with Ira Glass from This American Life. Just definitely worth watching, it's a quiet, very funny, but very kind of emotional as well if you've been in those long-term relationships if you know they're going to end or whatever it's there's a lot in there and it's i think it's about hour 40 something like that but check it out uh, throw it in your queue and uh, give it a look i think you'll like it so that's mine all right well mine is a film called four rooms and I can't give you too many details off the top of my head because I didn't plan too much for this one, but it's basically a film with four different directors for four different mini-stories, yeah. as it were. The film itself is only about an hour and a half or so. Uh, yeah, it's really, really short. Yeah, and it's got, it's got Eli Roth as... No, sorry, Tim Roth. Not, <laughs> not Eli Roth. Eli Tim Roth is not a film. He is connected to that world, kind of. Yeah. With, you know, Quentin and buddies, yeah. but... Oh, yes, Tim Roth as the main character who is a bellhop at this hotel and he has to go and deal with four different quote-unquote emergencies Mm -hmm. in various rooms and it's one of those films that i'd never heard of it and then i saw it in the queue and i saw who was attached to it and i thought oh okay that might be worth a watch so me and my wife sat down we watched it and we lost and Uh, (laughs) it kept our interest it was a really solid film we were surprised that We'd not heard of it before. Yeah, and all directors I'm fans of. Yeah, and, most of their and work. 
If I tell you that Quentin Tarantino edits the last film, you probably don't need me to tell you that there's a lot of long shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Br- uh-huh. Bruce Willis is actually uncredited, but he's uh, yeah, he's he in is it. in there, yeah, yeah. And you know, Quentin Tarantino, of course, plays pretty much the main guy in that one in that segment mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it's like, been you know. so long since I've seen it. Yeah. I should probably go back and look at it. Yeah, there's one thing of there's a coven of witches in the hotel. There's a mistaken identity of a guy thinking that he's been sleeping with that guy's wife. There's a mob boss that wants him to babysit his children. And then there's a movie star, the Quentin Tarantino character, who wants him to do a slightly outlandish thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, With with a few odd requests there as well. So it's one of those things of... You you don't expect it to keep you going all the way through when you hear like oh it's just different stories but you know each story is very solid it the fact that it's this one mm-hmm. character going in and out of these worlds really does keep yeah. it grounded you get to see the wear and tear that this night has on him because all this <laughs> happens in one night yeah it's yeah it's a very and, innovative approach yeah and I I'd, I'd like to see more not necessarily of this film design mm-hmm. but more of this kind of style of. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you'll have a couple of different directors. Like, yeah, little vignettes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, in well, in Sin City, Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. actually directs one. I think a five minute scene in a car. Yeah, and he did it for a dollar, like because you know, <laughs> he was friends with the guy, and it, it's just nice that it's got that additional feel mm-hmm. to it. So. It, it's it's one of those that you probably just want to see it once, just so you can see it. It's a funny film. It's definitely yeah, it's, yeah, it's a ton of fun. <laughs> and then you know, maybe once you watch it, you'll be like, hmm, I'd like to own that. You'll go out and get it. So yeah, definitely worth a watch, <laughs> <laughs> at least until they take it off of Netflix. <laughs> yeah, who knows what that will be? So get on <laughs> it, people. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I think that's it from us today. I'll wrap it up. All right. So I've been Paul, and I've been Brian, and just so you know. One does not simply walk into Mordor. <laughs> Bye, folks. Yeah.